Welcome back to Conversations with Coco and Friends. I'm your host, Coco, aka Katrina Smart. Every episode, I'll be having real conversations with the people who inspire me. We go deep and we go there. And I've got my girls with me. This podcast is co-hosted by two of my friends who I happen to also work with. Cleo is a kick-ass producer and a problem solver. And Pilar is an insane director and social media manager. We hope you enjoy these conversations as much as we enjoy having them. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. So today's episode we're talking about toxic masculinity. The idea for this podcast kind of grew out of conversations that we've been having at the office based on some viral TikToks and some viral YouTube videos, some viral Instagrams. Cleo had brought up a viral TikTok that was, they were interviewing, sorry, interviewing Brittany. Uh, Brittany Renner. It was Fresh and Fit podcast, Mm. interviewing Brittany Renner. And if you guys have ever seen anything about Fresh and Fit, they basically are these two black men who invite women onto their podcast, among other things, and basically just kind of shit on them. And they've been running their mouths about Brittany Renner, who is like an Instagram, started as an Instagram model, got married to a basketball player, left him. They have a kid together and everybody, not just them. So lots of people like are really bothered by that because they're like, oh, she just did this to have a baby by a basketballer. So they invited her on after they've run their mouth about her and she called them in and she sat there with them. And asked some questions like, well, why does this bother you? Um, and and the, the clip went wild. Like, it's just gone everywhere on TikTok. Um, Joe Budden, of all people, has been like, you guys are clowns. Like, And it just, I, I've been watching it everywhere and I've been really, it's really bothered me. Can you explain the, like, the sentiment of what they were saying to her? Like more than just like them being bothered by it there. Do you have like... So, yeah. So basically what had happened, actually what had happened was they... Oh, let me actually even pull Cue it up because I think it's important. I want to make sure that we get this. That you warn guys about girls like me. So tell me about girls like me. Yeah. Just women me. in general. Like, I mean, well, no, a- but no, don't women in general, because you literally specifically said before we got on here that you. Yeah, you did say that you warn guys about girls like me. So now that we're face to face, what kind of girl am I? You're not special. You're like other girls. That's I'm not special. Like, so, you're like other women that are. So like- what makes you special then? I never said I was. What do you gain from telling girls that they're not special? How does that make you feel? I mean, no, everything is, I know everything is a joke, but I'm asking you a real question. So how does it make you feel? Because if I say you're a big ass nigga, that does something for me, right? If I insult you or if I tell you you're not special, you're forgettable. 
what does that do that for me? No, but that doesn't. But that's what I'm saying. No, but I'm. But I'm saying. What if I call you? If I just say that again, you're forgettable. That's why I didn't want to do you guys' podcast. Forgettable. Hate the setup. Uh, the name is underwhelming. I didn't really see the value in it. Right. Sure. That's how fine. I feel. Right. But. So I'm simply asking her to tell us about herself because we were so incorrect. So yeah. tell us about yourself. That's all I'm saying. You know, well, I, went into attacking us. And no, no one's like attacking that. you because, like I said, I never listen. There's a lot of people that will not sit down and have a conversation with you just because of the comments that you guys made. Well, you made, and well, you chimed in. So you guys are tweedledee and tweedledum kind of right. So I'm here to have a conversation with you guys because for me, I feel like what a lot of male-dominated podcasts are missing is the bridge of understanding. So I came here not to argue you guys or to call you out of your name or to disrespect what anybody's doing because I, I felt like the interview I had with him there were things that he said I didn't agree with but I wanted to sit down and hear his point of view so that's what I'm trying to do here so for you to say you're not special well I'm special to someone just like you're special to someone just like he's special to someone so for you trying to generalize all groups of women then we would have to take it back to where this even began like why you even have this view of women and every like I said you have a bunch of dumb on your guys' podcast and I get it they don't challenge you and I know you're a really smart guy but it's like I feel like you need to kind of just be honest and show people who you really are like I know that for people to be dragging you guys and say take this little clip and say that's who you are that's not true so that's why I sat down and had this conversation I'm not here to to degrade you so when you make comments let me say but I'm saying when you make comments like Oh, yeah, no women are special. So no woman is special, but yet you guys have a whole podcast dedicated how to get women just for sex. That's all you guys are. So you're saying men are just limited to just sex. That's all they care about is sex. Yes or no? That's all you guys care about. There's no emotional need. It's just my dick come sex. I want a whole. Wow, you are triggered, man. Wow. Uh, <laughs> she wanted a whole no, I, right I, there. Honestly, it's just I speak with conviction. My worst part is that when someone starts to get heated about something because they're saying something that's really inflammatory about somebody, and then they're like, why are you getting so mad? It's like, bro, you're fully insulting yeah. this person. You're like dragging me yeah. right in front of my face mm -hmm. right now. So she came on there to really deconstruct these guys' entire position because they're coming from like this position of hate. And it goes on to do a lot of stuff. And the one guy says, like, if I were you, I would have just stayed with him because she left her baby oh. father and husband. And he's like, you know, men at this level, high value men, basically they cheat and you should just look past it because you're getting money from it. <laughs> so you should just shut up and take it. And, Pardon? Yes. And <laughs> so they go down into this <laughs> rabbit hole and, and she and she sat there and it was beautiful because she called them in and she's like, listen, you're first of all, you're talking about this as if you are this man. Like, it's very interesting that you are not like a multi-million dollar whatever basketball player because he's like, if I were you, if I was that person, I would stay. She's like, but you're not me. And and why should I have to accept this kind of behavior from somebody because he's rich? She's like, and you're telling me that I'm not worthy of anything. She's like, I've built my whole life up and gotten to this point and not, and it's, it goes to the heart of what we talk about a lot. Like not everyone can do what anybody else does. And, and they're trying to be like, oh, you're not special. Anyone can do this, whatever. And she's like, but they can't. Yeah, so- Let's break it down, I guess, a little bit further. So what is toxic masculinity? And uh, the internet, Google machine says, in the social sciences, toxic masculinity refers to traditional cultural masculine, masculine norms that can be harmful to men, women, and society overall. This concept of toxic masculinity does not condemn men or male attributes, but rather emphasizes the harmful effects of conformity to certain traditional masculine ideals. Ooh. Mm -hmm. So... 
I mean, now that we've established what that piece is, do you guys remember ever like the first time you really recognize what that definition is of toxic masculinity or like something that really stands out in your mind where you're like, oh, my God, this is what everyone's talking about or this is like not okay? I remember the first time someone said toxic masculinity and I was like, and it was a guy and it was so funny. He was like, bro, leave that toxic masculinity out of here to another guy. And I just, I was like, snaps to you (laughs) because I had never heard it before. And I took gender studies in in university and it's pre this kind of language around it. Um, And I thought it was, it was interesting because for me, I love language and it, it couched masculinity in the idea that there's nothing wrong for me. There's nothing wrong with masculinity mm-hmm. that outside of the beauty of masculinity, there's a toxic piece that's problematic. So for a lot of people, a, lo- a lot of men within this kind of toxic space, they see this kind of language as like, you just, there's no such, you're just trying to ruin men and take away oh, their power. Absolutely not. We're just trying to say there's a framework around masculinity that sometimes it can be really problematic and hurtful. Mm -hmm. That there's nothing wrong with being a man and being masculine. Own that. But when you're in that space and your desire is to take down, drag, or remove power from other people, then it's toxic. And I just, I thought that that was pretty cool. But I see that there's like this whole movement around, I don't know, like a a lot of men are, not a lot, (laughs) sorry. Um, there's this movement around the fragility, like men are so scared of it being taken away from them that they have to go over and above to the other mm-hmm. side. So you're not special or my favorite is the the viral TikTok. And I know we're going to get to it where the guy is like, if my wife has a baby and she doesn't get right to the gym and she doesn't lose that weight that she from the baby, then I'm leaving her or I'm going to cheat on her. And it's like, wait, what? Like, is this what we need to talk about? Like, is this, is this, or, or are we going to just celebrate the fact that your wife just made a human in her body? Weird. And then push it out of her body. Yeah. And then having that toxic environment of the men that you're choosing to surround yourself with of being like, yes, King, like, Mm -hmm. oh, if that bitch doesn't go to the gym, no, yeah, no. Like, and I think it goes, it goes way back of this idea Boys must like blue, girls must like pink. Mm-hmm. And there's something wrong if your boy is touching the brat stall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like you don't see that when you're a child as toxic because you don't learn, mm-hmm. right? That's just the constructs that are presented to you. Ooh. I think one of the biggest things that, like, if I can think of consistent things I remember about toxic masculinity now looking back is with a lot of my guy friends like there and throughout even like my youth is there's a deeply seated fear of homophobia. Mm-hmm. So if you think back to back in the day, remember when people used to say something, they'd be like, no homo. Yeah. And and I and that those things never sat right with me. I just couldn't understand why. I'm like, bro, you don't need to follow up with that. Like or pause. Yeah. Or yeah. Pause. Like all of that stuff. And I see it still to this day, the way that so much is deeply rooted in not ever wanting to be or appear homophobic or feminine or sorry, appear gay or become too feminine, quote unquote. And what's interesting about masculinity is that is that so much toxic masculinity specifically is that so much of it is not rooted in what is masculine. It's rooted in what is not what is 
not feminine. Yes. Like, and that's what the problem is with this podcast even. So these guys are talking about things like their preferences and whatever. They never state their preference. The only thing they say is that they don't want black women. That's mm-hmm. not saying this is what your preference is. So it's like to- toxic masculinity. It's not saying what is masculine. It's being like, well, anything that's not this that appears to be feminine. And that is where the problem is. I'm like, so your whole argument is predicated on anything that's not this. Right. Which is just, it's outrageous when you really sit with it. And that's what bugs me about it. And I feel like in my soul, I can't help myself because I hear men do this or a lot of my guy friends, I would explain like crazy things that men have said or done to me or whatever. And they're like, well, not all men are like that. I'm like, bro, no no one said all men. This is not the conversation. And they'll try to to defend it. Mm -hmm. Like, try to defend it. Yeah. Um, Do you feel that gender roles are primarily at fault for how we interpret masculine and feminine energy or, like, take it from the beginning of time? Is this idea that, you know, we have have to be in a box and that now we've adapted to these boxes? Do you think that that's, like, the baseline for our problem? I think it's hard because I feel like the media... The media. ...has played such a role in young boys and girls looking to what is right and wrong mm-hmm. like even growing up in gym class and hearing the boys like oh i need to bulk up yeah but it's like do you actually want to become healthier and get more fit or increase this no it's like i just need to look this certain way because xx looks like it on the cover of men's health right i think like a converse to this argument or maybe why it, it can feel a little bit right now like everything's a little wild. Yeah. Like mm. when you're when we have these constructs and and the idea that we need to break down these things, like criticize to correct, we need to cut down these these ideas of gender norms in order for people to actually actualize who they want to be. It can feel scary mm-hmm. because it's like no people like structure. They like to wake up every morning and know how what they're going to eat and and comfort within understanding and knowing everything. And I think there's right now because with all the beautiful movements that have that are really alive and thriving through social media, from the transgender movement to Black Lives Matter to Stop Asian Hate to all of these things. To a slightly insecure mm-hmm. older white man who has seen the world exactly in one frame and now it's all coming apart. I, I I can empathize with it. Like your whole world is completely falling apart. What do you mean guys can be identify as women? What is it? Or the the laziness around language. It's like, mm-hmm. what do you mean it's a they and a there and a, oh, yeah. I just, it's a he or a she. And, you know, and so I can, I, it's, it's it's an empathy with with the learning curve is fast mm-hmm. and furious and hard and steep steep it's like being 60 and having to learn facetime and zoom <laughs> and all of those things so i i see where that is highly problematic but difficult yes mm-hmm. all of the language all the language around race all the language around gender having to and the lgbtqa plus and because it, it, it's all coming at the same time like yeah. All this, all the systems are like crumbling around them. And I think too, what happens in these conversations is these people are having conversations with other people who are already inflamed Mm -hmm. rather than someone who's not. And I have this conversation about like pronouns often with people because I don't feel any way about it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of men I have it with and they're like, he, she, and not even just men, there's women who have the same conversation. And my question to them every single time in like a non-aggressive way is like, why does it bother you? Yeah. So if I tell you, and I use myself an example, if I tell you tomorrow I want to be called turkey, 
you'd be like, okay, Clea, that seems a little off. But like, if I, if I want you to call me Turkey, just call me Turkey. Right. Or the they them conversation. And and even I, like I have someone in my life who is a they them and, and I forget yes. or I make the mistake because to me, they present as masculine. Mm-hmm. So when I think about them, I sometimes I'm like, oh, he. And I'm like, fuck. You have to catch yourself. Yeah. And I'll, I'll catch myself or if they're in my presence, I'll say, sorry. I mean, you know, I, it's just quick. But what happens is we made this thing into such a big deal in our minds when it's actually not that deep. We use they them all the time. We just don't think about it because we're not conscious of it. And it's the fear of unknown and embarrassment around it, mm-hmm. too, that people are like, I'm just not going to do it because it's too much, yep. too much work. Because if you're also not exposed to it's like when we were like racism, you're not exposed to people of different cultures. So you don't have the sensitivity around it. Mm-hmm. And then you're around it and you're like, I just I, I'd rather just hate you because I don't understand how to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously we all live on TikTok and we've seen lots of these clips from these male centric podcasts or all of it. Um, I'm going to insert some audio here for our listeners so that you know what we're talking about. Black women are not meant to be married and, and fully committed relationships. Black women are, were breeders in slavery days. And history repeats itself. That's all they are. They are breeders. As a man. You need to hear this. Stop chasing women who have less value to offer you than you have to offer them. What do I mean? You are chasing a woman with a used vagina, a disrespectful mouth, friends that are bad influences, and a woman who herself, she has bad manners. I say, if my wife lets herself go after I have kids with her, if I'm going to tell her once, if you don't get your shit together, I still want to be sexually attracted Agreed. to my wife, yeah. my spouse. But if you even can't girlfriends, do that, girlfriend too. If you can't do that, I'm out. I'm tired of getting on TikTok and seeing all these fucking sluts with makeup, lashes, showing their cleavage, showing their ass. You're a hoe. You're a social media hoe. I have a very serious question to ask everybody. If you are fat, why? Follow me if you're violently. So as a woman, when you guys do this stuff, how do these comments or things that these people are saying, do they impact you or do they make you feel something? Enraged. Yeah, <laughs> definitely rattling. Yeah. Even Ash just listening to the clip, which I believe one of them is what's linked here. Yes. Like you want to stand with the women because mm-hmm. she is making points that should be heard and respected by these two mm-hmm. fucking clowns. Yeah. And they just get defensive because her argument is correct yeah mm-hmm. like they're like oh you're really triggered by that well you're mm-hmm. insult like we were just saying you're insulting you're dragging us right in front of our faces yeah what do you want me to say okay okay no it's funny how like you're not holding the same energy when she's in front of you though right right I, I feel like a lot of it is is also based within this world on clickbait and they're saying things to enrage like and it's working because then all of those guys that need their egos pumped and they need or they've just been through a breakup or they just feel belittled by a woman when they see that it's like yeah fuck all this like new aged world like they found their people Mm -hmm. and it just it feels very tribal and scary i don't know yeah toxic tribe yes exactly toxic tribe (laughs) Yeah, that's the, I agree. I think that's the biggest thing for me when I hear it. It like, I get very scared because the way that they internalize those things and then project literally a system, by the way, created by men, patriarchy. You, you guys set the, the standard for this for women to like be this way and whatever. Women 
like shirk the system as much as they could. And now you're upset at the position they're in, a system that was created by men. Right. And then you hear these things and the way that they talk on these apps, like the way that I've heard men talk about how to coerce women into, well, it's not even sex, it's rape. Like, coerce these women or trick them into things or be like this is what you do if a woman uh it doesn't want to give it up and how they're trying to manip- it's crazy like i found myself on like that incel side of tiktok and i'm like no thank you yeah. yes no thank you and then it just makes it scarier as a woman mm. which already is pretty alarming and we mute that stuff down like the the number of things that i could tell any dude about like any interaction for the my entire life is crazy and then to think now there's like a subset of these crazy people on the internet banding together like banding yeah. together to be like oh this is how we're gonna take women down it's interesting too because i learned in university early on about the male gaze specifically mm-hmm. which we're all familiar with so i find it interesting because women have been demoralized and kind of stereotyped as oh the women must stay at home and while the men makes the money and how men are mm-hmm. threatened by women in these higher up positions, you know, like it almost is a recycle of women fighting to be able to vote. Now we're fighting to eliminate the pay gap and actually have respect in a boardroom with 10 men. Mm -hmm. Like, why is it that we're still (laughs) having these conversations in 2020? God damn. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I like that. I just want to like tag onto it. So there's this great TikTok is our favorite. There's this great um, trend that's happening on TikTok as a result, as a response to a lot of this stuff. So there's a few things. One of them is like uh, this woman says like stitch me if you have like a subtle feminist power move that you use. And it's incredible because all these things we're talking about that men would like tease women for like you're emotional, you're this. If you say it as a woman, when you say it and you do it on these situations, it sounds so ridiculous. But what they'll do is these women are like, yo, when I'm in, um, let's say a boardroom or I'm in this, you know, position of whatever, she's like, I will never let a man interrupt me. And if he does, I'll say, please hold your comments until the end. I'm not finished speaking. And she's like, the way that it will enrage these people, she's like, or another woman's like, I will never move out of the way of any man on the street. She's like, I'll let them bump into me. <laughs> like, you can bump into me. And or the best one was uh, if men, if they start yelling in these situations, which we've all seen. Oh, hmm. They'll get like loud and whatever. She'll stop the meeting and be like, I think we need to take five because you're getting very emotional right now and you need to collect yourself. So in five minutes, let's all come back and have this conversation. And it it really puts that back on the people who are using those things and those criticisms of women. You know, we've all heard it emotional, aggressive, whatever. 
and really frames how stupid it is and just reminds them like "Mm, it's fire it's a good reframe (laughs) yeah yes exactly it's a reframe and sometimes people need those reminders even if it's embarrassing like in that situation bro is there space do you see in the future where we can still have these constructs of feminine and masculine, but also have the fluidity to be in between? Hundred percent, yes. I th- I hope to God, and I think when we untie gender to the concept of femininity and masculinity, and think about it more as energy, then I think we'll be able to do that because like gender is a social construct, sex is what it is. So we're tied to like masculine being male, feminine being female. But when I think about those things now, or how I've reframe my thinking is I think about them as energies and you can have feminine energy as a man or masculine energy. Like I sit a lot in my masculine energy in my day-to-day life because I like do these specific things and I'm very decisive and whatever. And that has nothing to do with being male or female. But I've been lucky enough in the last little while to have opportunities to sit more in my feminine energy. And and it's nice. Mm-hmm. And and it's so different. It's very uncomfortable at first. But I even have things that are tied to that idea of being like too like weak or like because that's what we've been conditioned to believe. I think that like everybody needs to take a class or something because I'm even having yeah. to relearn so many things when it comes to these constructs. And like even just what you said there, I, I understand the idea of feminine masculine energy, but seeing that as a different way to interpret interpret things and that not one is better than the other. Yes. So like there's this idea that like, like you just said, that feminine energy is weak. But if we look at it as nurturing, then, you know, there's like this whole other side where there's, I'm going to dive into my feminine energy right now and recoup and like to to see actual men saying that, maybe you know, and, and then them being like, I need to eat and move into my feminine energy right now because I'm just way too heavy in my masculine. Like, Mm. I don't know, it'd be a cool thing to discover. Yeah. And I think it's nice when I can see men who do sit in their feminine energy because that almost gives permission to feel that way about my own feminine energy in some very funny way. Because if they can do it, even though if they're not aware of it, Mm -hmm. I love to see that. And also, how do we temper that without putting it back to the sex norm? So, you know, like sitting in your feminine energy without it having to be that you're sitting in gay, is gay energy? Like, you know, like. Yeah, like or or submissive or any of it. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think that that's a big fear, as we talked about before. And it absolutely shouldn't be. But But it is. Yeah. There's there's a couple designers that came out with skirts again. It's nothing new for men. And Kid Cudi wearing a, like a wedding dress, just like tying it back to Nirvana. And first of all, no one knowing the reference, which was like highly problematic for me because they're just like, they're like, oh, he's wearing a dress. Like I used to fuck with him. I don't fuck with him anymore. I'm like, oh my God, this is so much bigger than this. The, but that's also, so gay. <laughs> it's okay. It's also clothing for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm half Scottish, so we wear kilts. The men wear kilts, so. <laughs> It's like not new to me. Um, but it's so funny how something so simple can totally break down a, a guy who is not aware. Yeah. Like, yes. I'm so disgusted. Fuck him. Like, are you serious? Yeah. Like, who cares? Like, <laughs> more think importantly. about why you're actually lashing out a best hmm. wore a dress and that is making you feel less of a man. Yeah. Yes. You, you at your, in your apartment in Scarborough feel less of a man because one of your Let idols is wearing a skirt. Okay, got it. Like, let that shit sink in. Always Mm -hmm. saying it out loud just reiterates the stupidity. And I think with energies, piggybacks on preferences, like, oh, why Mm -hmm. can't a female, well, 
a woman who identifies as a woman wear a baggy pant. Like, oh, the mm-hmm. men, he wants you to wear something tight or something mm-hmm. like just shit like that. Like it literally mm-hmm. goes that deep. Yeah. Oh, there's also a lot of things like I was saying, nodding to the idea of having to re-educate and there mm. needs to be like classes or some way that people can pick up on mm-hmm. stuff. It's coming into culture now. Again, um, nod to euphoria by seeing trans um, actors mm-hmm. play actual trans roles. Yes. And there's a lot of things that I like that I don't know about. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have people around me that identify that way. I, I actually wish I did just to understand a bit more, but not in the sense that like, can I ask you questions? But there's so much unknown that I hope also that Hollywood doesn't push that button more mm-hmm. because it not victimizes it, but um, it puts the burden on the other people yes. to teach, to teach. Yeah. Like the, and, the oppressed. And also kind of makes it look like a sideshow sometimes. Yes. Right. But at the same time, I'm very interested. <laughs> like yeah. I do want to, I do want to understand more about that part of the world so that I can be more open to it. Yeah. So I'm happy that it's being more pervasive in culture and it's just appearing as it is. Um, I listened to a really cool podcast. It was based on a reality show that was done in the early 00s when reality shows were first kind of coming out, mm. like hot off the heels of like real world. And it was about the first, like she was trans woman, but it was a dating show and they didn't tell any of the contestants that she was, trans mm-hmm. so it was like a really bad situation at the end of the day because of of course it incited like a lot of anger within the men because it went to air mm-hmm. and in a time where we weren't speaking about um, trans that. lives at all it was it was we're gonna listen to this but a very uh it's called harsh reality the story of miriam rivera listen to it it's very interesting just to like in, start I think one of the best ways that we can kind of counteract all of this stuff is to educate ourselves and mm-hmm. and try to find things that can show us how people live and why things are difficult and, and why we shouldn't be talking the way we talk. Sometimes even us, as mm-hmm. open as we are, we yeah. say the wrong things. For sure. And I think when you do those things, like the biggest part of or how to correct that is when you say something wrong, own it, yes. apologize, correct it yeah. and move on and know that you are going to say wrong things like yeah. And don't feel a way about it because yours. this is like my biggest thing. People, we get into this idea where like if we if you make someone else uncomfortable and they respond back to that, then you're mad because yeah. now you're uncomfortable. Yes. Fuck that. Stop doing it. Recognize like you did something wrong. or You said something wrong. We do this every day. Like yeah. we fuck up every day, but just correct it and keep it pushing because at the end of the day, it's it's not that deep. Like it's not that deep to change your behavior. Mm-hmm. You have to actively do that, though. People are just so afraid to look stupid. And when when they make a mistake or they feel stupid, then they they counteract that in a really in a more negative way. Yeah. yeah. And now we're further like away from finding. Yeah. Mechanism. Have you ever seen toxic masculinity show up differently on dating profiles in the workplace or at the gym, et cetera? Everywhere. Everywhere in dating profiles. Like, oh, you sent us one the other day. Yeah. Oh, I, yes. Well, hold on. I actually kept it. Okay. I just I, screenshot. Yes, I really kept it. I want to make sure that I read this because it we was need it's so stupid. I, we always need verbatim. I like to be very clear. So Hinge suggested someone like you should meet this person. So in the profile, it says because Hinge will give you a prompt. It says you should not go out with me if and underneath he has no kids slash divorce, not an atheist, not an IG thought. 
not unhealed inner work, not I don't I don't care about your dog or cat, not BBW, which for anybody is big, beautiful woman, which anybody could argue I'm probably in that category slash by be physically fit, emotionally stable and spiritually engaged all in caps, by the way, like uppercase <laughs> He's yelling at me, already. literally <laughs> screaming. And I and I, I looked at that and I was like, ew, <laughs> ew, ew. that's all I kept saying in my head. Yeah, like. <laughs> And the number of times I've seen stuff like that, no fat women, no whores. If you put a filter on your face, I don't want to be, I don't want to do this. If you don't this. And when you see a, when I see a dating profile that's framed that way in the negative, immediately, immediately no. <laughs> but they do it all the time. Like it's, it's so gross. Oh, they'll put like, like, um, like talking about like sex in their dating profiles. Like they're like, oh, like, you know, if you like a good fuck or like if you want to like be pounded hard. I'm like, bleh, bleh. is this working for Spare us. Like, please Honestly. spare me. I'd rather never fuck again. Like, And the fact it's like if you're actually thinking that, writing it out, publishing it on your profile, mm-hmm. we most definitely didn't want to meet you then, but we don't want but to. now, no. Being so, like a lot younger than both of us, P, do you... How do you see, do you see a lot of toxic masculinity with the guys that you're around? I mean, I think to be honest, I have hope. <laughs> yeah, no, I've definitely seen a transition of like guys can now be so like brotherly love with each other. Like my homeboy, mm-hmm. like arms are around each mm-hmm. other when we're all chilling and it's good vibes whereas 10 years ago it was like that's so gay like now that we're having this conversation i think in high school that's so gay was (laughs) thrown around yeah so much yeah Mm. And it's like, you don't even know what you're saying right, right now. You don't know who you're offending. Yes. And the fact that that's even coming out of your mouth. But now I think men are becoming almost more comfortable yeah. and even getting to a place with individual men where you see them break down those walls and I you're like, this that. is the person that I wanted to see. You yes. Know? And you that reach her. that point of like, oh, There's thank hope. you. Yeah. I love seeing that too. When I think about, when I was thinking about all of the, toxic masculinity stuff i was thinking about my dad because even though he does have his own like very toxic things that are too like ridiculous sometimes he's like the head of the house all of this he also has the opposite side um that is so gentle and he's always been like that like he like he doesn't care he's like everybody like get in the bed or even like his friend his best friend paul is like his brother they like tv would be upstairs and he'd be in the bed he's like just lay down next to me and paul, my uncle would be like no i'm just gonna sit on the ground and i was like who cares like right. you know and he, he always is touching people he always he was like home with us like mr dad all the time like doing all the things the mom quote unquote yeah would do and he was like excited about it and I saw that growing up so I've never had weirdness around those things and I was happy to see that from a man and a dad and someone who's like nah bro like come here like showing that stuff so I feel like it, it can be very difficult for men to to have to navigate that space where they want to also be free and loving Mm -hmm. and love their friends and and you know not be judgmental but there's so much put on the idea of masculinity that they have to wear a mask yes you know and and they have to not fully actualize who they are because they have to play this role or this trope that's put upon yeah you know like like you just said there it's like your dad's like get in the bed and your uncle's like well you know because he's he's resistant of it just because of the optic Mm -hmm. yes and that's so i mean that's sad many of us have dated emotionally unavailable men the man who is afraid to showcase his vulnerability and fear of being perceived as weak or feminine. How have you experienced toxic masculinity while communicating with men while dating or in relationships? And do you feel pressure for facilitating a safe space for their emotions? 
Depends, depends on, on how, yeah, it depends on what your position is in my life. So if you're just a tingas, I don't, I will, I'm not going to try. Yeah, I don't, control, I, yeah like yeah. I don't, I fully transparently have a tingas that I f- scream at like regularly. I'm like, are you, f-? like, I cannot control myself because I don't, his shit that he has is so infuriating sometimes. And I'm like, I don't really give a fuck how you feel about this because you're so wrong mm. that I will never let, I can't let this slide. But I am way more caring about how to communicate with someone that I love or who I'm in like a relationship with or whatever to try to walk you through the emotions of something uh, to a point. Now, (laughs) there's definitely a limiter on that. Um, And I think men definitely don't have enough safe space for their emotions. Um, And it is important to give them that because sometimes they need to be led by example. Yeah. You know, they need a soft landing as Coco calls it. And when you Mm -hmm. provide someone a soft landing and they know that they can have that or ask hard questions or not always be met with resistance. Yeah, with resistance or, you know, our own trauma that comes from those conversations. It makes it easier. And I have had so many of those conversations with my guy friends. I think one of the big ones that I had with someone, I've had several of these ones, but trying to explain to my guy friends about the fear of men being able to overpower you as a woman. And they are men. So man to man, they're like, they're probably, if they were going to get in a fight with a guy or anything was going to happen, they know they could fight them. I'm like, I'm a woman. If he, if you, if any man punches me in my face one time, I'm done. Or to know when you're at the club, when someone grabs your arm, like the fear that comes with being in situations as a woman, maybe if you're uh, fooling around with someone or you want to have sex. And when you say like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this. The thought that comes with that, where you're like, if I say no, this could go very badly. No man knows what that feels like. And that conversation with several of my guy friends has been like, whoa, I never thought about it like that because you're not ever going to be overpowered. Those are really important conversations to have. And I think people are having them now. Mm -hmm. I did a talk at Remix and there was, we were talking about being women in business. And some, one of the questions that one of the students asked, which I was just like so floored by, as a man, he's a young man, he's like 19. And he, he's like, I have sisters and, but I just want to know, like, what can I do better? What can I do better to make you feel safe? And just to have the awareness to ask that question because the reality is it's inherent that you are stronger. Like you are just born that way. And so you don't really actually think about how you can make people scared. Mm-hmm. Right. And a lot of, and without even enact, like using that power, you just being in a room or on the TTC at four o'clock in the morning in an empty car with another, with a woman who's by herself, there's it's fear inducing for yeah. women. And a lot of guys don't even think about it because they're just men, right? They, they, they're, they're not going to beat you up. But, and, and so we were, we just said there were certain kind of things like when we used to work at the club, like having one of the, like the bar backs, like walk me to my car, mm-hmm. offer to do that without any pretense to want anything. Um, to be, to play that role, that masculine role, but in a, in a protective way without making women feel like they're doing it's not even chivalry. It's just mm-hmm. understanding your role as a man and knowing that that can sometimes be intimidating to women. And what can you do to make women feel more comfortable in that way? And the way that that 19 year old came with that, I was just like, and he's like, I don't have a car, so I can't really drive them home. Like, do do I have to get them an Uber? I can't really afford to get them an Uber. I'm like, you don't have to get them an Uber. Just just make sure that they're safe. And, and if they're going to take the subway, you know, get them to message you when they get home. Like all of these little things that you can do understanding your power it's like tiny changes yeah oh a long ass way (laughs) but who are some great role models for what what you guys feel like healthy masculinity 
looks like or maybe some, you know, even if it's not a person, maybe some resources that we see on social that are a vibe. Hmm. Oh, I don't like George, what's the name of the author we spoke to? George, I was going to say it's George M. Johnson. Yeah. They are um, someone we've had on the podcast. I'll also link their episode below. George M. Johnson is a great person to follow <laughs> and just keep up with his views and gain a better understanding. A conversation with a black man, um, uncomfortable conversations with a black man. His name is Emmanuel Acho. He's a great follow. He has very conver- very hard conversations and then couched in the black male perspective. It's a really good, good follow. It's, it's unfortunate the loudest voice in the room always tends to be the negative one. But I'm, I actually, on the side of TikTok I am on, it's like they have a clip of the man saying, you know, if my wife has a baby and doesn't get to the gym right away, I'm going to cheat on her or leave her. And then it's always stitched for me with this guy being like a reaction. A wife is recording her husband oh. and he's like, and she's like, well, wh- what do you say to that? And he's like, there's nothing more beautiful than you giving me a kid. Like, are you insane? I can't do that. Like, so do whatever you need to do or whatever makes you happy. And he goes, he was, one guy was like, and the result of that, me supporting you, is that you're going to do exactly what makes you the best version of yourself. Because I didn't have to tell you, go to the gym. You feel fully and wholly supported and beautiful in whatever way you present yourself to me. That means that you will always be the most beautiful. And it was, it was just like, I, that's, that's another thing is that we always kind of harp on the super negative stuff because it gets a lot of hits and a lot of traction. Yeah. But most men are not like that. I was going to say, mm. as it should be, like that response yeah. to your mm. wife, your women that you're having a child with. Like most of my guy, my friends are, are guys yeah. and they are not like that. Mm-hmm. So we, we, all, we always want to kind of like talk about the bad stuff, the Trumps and like we should have faith in knowing that m- most men are not like that and that we need to keep on fostering the ones that aren't like that mm-hmm. and and that will be the change i think it's yeah it's very interesting the way that the the outcome that everybody wants is mostly facilitated by supporting the person rather than telling them like go to the gym like you said mm-hmm. it's supporting the person and giving them what they need to be their best selves and then the natural outcome of that is x y and z thing yeah which totally. We love. And who are you to tell me what I need? Literally. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like my like petty inside of me is someone's like, you need to do this. I'm like, no. And now I just won't because you said it. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Now I'm actually doing the opposite. Um, on that same note, what are some ways that we can change the narrative around masculinity with a partner, especially before having a child together? You need to talk about it. I think people don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. It's assumed. Yeah. And sometimes, like, I have friends that I 100% know they've never had any kind of conversations around gender or sexuality with the person that they've been with for years. So they don't even know where you stand. Mm -hmm. And it's true. You you assume someone is going to have a certain viewpoint because Mm -hmm. you know them so well Mm -hmm. and they've been in your life and they're a safety blanket for you. But then there are certain things that happen and you see the way that person behaves and it's like, oh, you're not. You're not who, who you? I thought you were. Yeah. So yeah. opening the line of communication in fucking all circumstances. <laughs> yes. Talk necessary. about it. Just I agree. talk. Just talk it out. And the sooner you have those conversations, the easier it is for you to know where you even as the person involved in that relationship stand on it. Right. Because yeah. that's something I've learned in dating right now. Like uh, one of the things I did, I've identified that I really need in a person is like openness. Mm-hmm. And it, it does. Openness can be about anything, it can be about food or gender, like you name it. But if the person is inherently not open or willing to 
have a conversation or investigate like their internal piece around that, that will not work for, no, for you. For a firm <laughs> fucking no across the board. As potential mothers, what would you prioritize putting into practice for your children to change the stigma behind what it means to be a man? I think choosing the person that I do have a child with for him to set an example from the beginning of showcasing, like, just because you tell someone how you feel doesn't mean you're any less of a man Mm -hmm. or you're weak because you're encouraging vulnerability. Mm -hmm. I think there's two things. I think, number one, teaching them about consent, but from a very like not necessarily in the way of sex, but even just like bodily autonomy Mm -hmm. and understanding what consent looks like in normal everyday situations. Because I think that that changes how they look at humans and for both men and women, like how we're going to look and interact with other people. And then I think another one is allowing big emotions. Like if I had a son, right? The big emotions, having those things and creating safe space for them. I I think that's how I would do it. My perspective from like having a kid. I think it's addressing these these things and having, again, having these conversations. Harlow, like sexuality is something that really comes up with kids far sooner than I thought it would. And so talking about it, like Harlow has, you know, bisexual friends, and I don't think mm-hmm. they've even kissed yet. So having these like big conversations with kids and, and not making it weird. Mm-hmm. And also like nipping little things in the butt like that are are funny things that come up in sport um, and just being like, well, that's that's what boys do or that's what girls do. Mm. And kind of just being like, well, where did you even learn that? Because that's not how it works in our house. Like women wash the dishes or something like that. And I'm like, hmm? like no, Jimmy washes the dishes. That's for sure. <laughs> You're <laughs> like, I don't know if you know this, yeah. but I hate those. <laughs> right. So breaking down those norms that they end up lear- learning at school mm-hmm. from their friends. I think that's one way. I retract all the things I said and I'm going to do it your way. I like that way. <laughs> No, it's true. It's true. It's like the talking, talking through it. And you're right. That's one big thing. I feel like a lot of people like don't tell your kids this. I'm like, bro, no, they're going to find out from the Yeah, they're going to find out. What are you going to tell them when they're like, hey, where do babies come from? A fucking stork? (laughs) Stop. (laughs) Like, that's ridiculous. The weird white bird drops it off. Yeah, like, hmm. (laughs) or where does the baby come out of? Your mommy, like, well, the baby doesn't come out of anything. A belly button. Well, she didn't mean it for a rude awakening when she (laughs) finds out. (laughs) Yeah, I think there's just age appropriate ways to talk to kids about stuff right yeah. like we fuck <laughs> no <laughs> like it's fine you can talk to your five-year-old about it without saying that yeah <laughs> right but it's so true they'll learn elsewhere so yeah For, on the internet yes oh god well, well i like this conversation i think this Me is a too. good one and needed and i feel like we always want to create like an open space for our listeners including men yeah mm-hmm. just to know that we're your three friends every all the men who listen to this are all our friends yeah and we hope that you guys talk about this stuff um, and challenge us too. Like if yeah. there's like a larger conversation, I think that we need to have because it's just too nuanced to be able to get through in an yeah. hour. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us what we want to talk about too or what we want us to talk about. How do you feel about toxic masculinity? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let us know. Yeah. You know what to do. Follow at Coco and Co. That's C-O-W-E. Rate this podcast, guys. Keep this community going and let us know what you want to hear next. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.